This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. And you will get access to ad-free episodes and bonus episodes. I thought we were going to be doing an interview yeah. show today. But surprise, motherfuckers. Surprise. Um, I came home from a little break. There was mm-hmm. so much to talk about. And I figured, you know what? We can hold off the interview for a little bit. And I want to talk about all this stuff. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for a week. So instead of me sitting on the couch, booping around on my iPad and watching Parks and Rec... I stormed uh, over and said, I mean, we like, do you must record? talk. I'm like, yeah. All right. So this is me being enthusiastic. Yes. And excited to be here. And I'm going to depress you quickly because, of course, no, these are all important stories, well, but they're wildly scary and sad. Okay. Okay. The first one, a lot of these take place in our neck of the woods here. Let's start with this bombshell Illinois a report into the Catholic diocese across the state because this dropped in the middle of the week. Really? Yeah. You remember year, a couple of years ago, Josh Shapiro, then the attorney general of Pennsylvania, mm. now the governor of Pennsylvania, he issued this grand jury report about what their Catholic church, all the Catholic dioceses were doing in their state. Mm-hmm. And it led a bunch of other state attorney uh, attorneys general to say, yeah, we're launching our own investigation wow. to see how much cover up is happening here, how much abuse is going on, because mm-hmm. that's our pur- purview. And in Illinois this week, Attorney General Kwame Raul released his office's investigation into the six Catholic dioceses across our state. And here, this Mm. is an investigation that began with his predecessor, Lisa Madigan. He continued it when uh, he was elected. Mm. Here's the bottom line claims that this almost 600-page report makes, okay? Um, 451 credibly accused predators. Predators. I'm calling them predators. No, no, no. I just wanted to clarify between that and, like, instances. Yeah, no. 451 people named in the report. These are credibly accused Mm. um, abusers. These include priests. These include non-ordained religious brothers. That's their title. Whatever you want to say about it. Do you know what that means? Like, there are people who Like volunteers in the church? Yeah, people under their purview but who are not ordained priests. Got it. But okay. like still, if something happened, it's the Catholic Church's oh, fault. Oh, sure, yeah. Here's what's interesting about it. Uh, well, 451 people, 149 of them had not been previously identified by the church. Really? These are new names coming to the forefront. Uh, I'm sorry, just to interrupt uh-huh. quickly. Do you have a time frame? 1950 is really when they're starting here. Okay. Going through about 20... So 451, 20... so over about 75 years. Ish, yeah. Throughout the state of Illinois. Yep. Okay. Sorry, just want uh-huh. to be clear. 149 of them had not been previously identified by the church. 330 of them are dead. Well, I mean, a lot of because a lot that of the abuse. That's going to be my next question. A lot of the abuse that has gone on in the Catholic Church happened decades ago. We're, we're now dealing with the uh, fallout, sure. the decades of trauma that the victims feel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch of them are dead. A bunch of them are not. But anyway, yeah. there's the numbers. How many victims did those 451 people have? Oh, boy. 1,997. About 2,000 victims since okay. 1950. And those are the just the ones who came forward who came that we could document. forward and are still alive. Um, some of them may not be, but they had records of the allegations from oh, the I past. Understand. But understand. overall, we're talking those 451 Fuck. people had multiple victims on average. Mm. Um, one... 
priest who is uh, dead now. His name was uh, Joseph Fitzharris. He had at least 20 victims by himself. Eight other priests named in the report had at least 10 victims each. Hmm. Um, literally, it said at least 10 that we know of, like at in the report. Ten. Yeah. They counted at up. At least 10 lives that he mm-hmm. fucking trashed. And not just 10 lives, but all the people around sure. him, right? All the, the victims' families and, oh and the people God. they knew, possibly. And even if... They, yeah. Oh, fuck these guys. Yeah. If you count how many years the alleged predators were in service, because keep in mind, sometimes they are accused of wrongdoing, mm-hmm. But then they stay in the church or they're transferred to another, you know, parish or something like that. How many years were they in a position of authority in some aspect? 9,726 years of abuse opportunities is how the report put it. At least 10. This was amazing to (laughs) me. Separate issue. One of the dioceses in Illinois is the Diocese of Belleville, uh, very southwest part of the state. Mm -hmm. In 2011, at least 10% of all priests and religious brothers in that diocese were substantiated predators. 10 At least 10%. One out of every 10 Catholics you, uh, Catholic professionals yeah. you interact with. Yeah. Like, wow. that number should be a couple percentage on average based on what we've learned over the course of everything. But in this one place, holy crap, it was over 10%. Just to give you a couple more numbers here, they, the attorney, attorney general's office investigated. Uh, they looked at over 100,000 pages of documents. Mm. They had over 600 leads from survivors who contacted their office via, quote, emails, letters, voicemail messages, interviews, and phone calls. Mm. Um, and by the way, Zero drag queens mentioned anywhere in the report, oh, just so for weird, good measure. Because I heard those are the big predators. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaze Supich, who is the Archbishop of Chicago. Excuse the me, say Supich. that name again. Yep, that's right. Blaze Supich. Supich. He is the basically the that chief is a Catholic. Bananas combination of names. Uh-huh. Chief Catholic, uh, Archbishop of Chicago. Oh, he released chief a Blaze Supich. Yep. Uh, released a statement saying the Catholic Church in Illinois, this is last week, I should say, last mm, week before the before report was public. Out. The Catholic Church in Illinois has been at the forefront of dealing with sexual abuse of minors for many years. Um, at the time when Lisa Madigan launched this investigation in 2018, he made he gave a speech to people in seminary. And he said at the time, I'm confident that when the attorney general looks in our files, that she will, in fact, find that we are doing our job. Guess what? Just just really quick. What did they find? Uh, They found all those numbers I just mentioned. Oh, so they were lying, Mm. which I think. They were not doing their job. They were doing a horrible job at doing their job. What was their job then? To protect Not each other? Not abuse kids. No, no, no. But like, what did they think their job was? Like, if <laughs> to, they were like, hey, don't worry, gang, we're doing a great I job. I think, best case scenario, in his mind, he said, I think he's thinking, when we heard there were abuse allegations, we investigated them properly and thoroughly. And oh, the so truth you think is, he's being sincere? I, if you I, think get, he was if I grant him sincerity, Which that's, is... that's his Telling of the story. But again, there were a hundred plus victims, Mm. uh, priests, who were not even mentioned in the report. These are people who said, I can't trust the church with this information, Mm. or I didn't know at the time it was abuse and I didn't know what to do about it, even if I didn't know anything. By the way, 
in Illinois, which is a very Catholic state. We are mm-hmm. talking 3.5 million Catholics in the state. That's a quarter of the population in Illinois. And this, mostly based in this area, where, like the Chicagoland suburbs, Chicago is the biggest of the six dioceses. Yeah. Um, this was amazing. They included this chart in the report. It's a bar graph, and it says the number of uh, substantiated uh, sexual abusers, uh, mm. the number of substantiated Catholic cleric child sex abusers... How many did we know about? Okay. Right? Before, that was such an intense string of words. Uh-huh, that's what they say. Before Lisa Madigan announced they were going to investigate this, mm-hmm. they had the number at 103. That's how many names the Catholic Church had put forward and as said, predators? As these guys are predators, we acknowledge it. So they underestimated it by 300%? Well, that's 103. Shortly after the investigation began... Uh, that number went up to 184. Oh, sure. Um, by I, the these time, are very specific numbers, oh, yeah. huh? They're by not the time, estimating. They definitely have some kind of rubric <laughs> that they're working on. By the time the investigation ended, which is more recently, yeah. the Catholic Church had disclosed the numbers actually 320. And with Still this, short. And with this report coming out, they're saying, no, the actual number is 451. And that's those are just the ones we found altogether including yours. I mean, did they speak to why this number grew in a way? I mean, part of it is the government, the attorney general's office Mm -hmm. put out feelers in a way, basically saying, listen, if you were a victim, we need the information so we can do our investigation. Here are ways to contact us. Um, they're putting that out there. Like, we will make sure it's confidential. We will do the due diligence But if it's confidential, why was the Catholic Church then being like, um, no, it was 184. Oh, uh, no, it's 320. A couple ways this could have happened. One is we heard this allegation, then we looked into it, and we didn't feel it was, thir- like, we didn't feel like it was substantiated. So, again, so we dismiss granting it. them earnestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also possible that the victims did not feel safe coming Mm. forward to the Catholic Church, so it never was mentioned to them. It is possible that some people who experienced the abuse did not realize until much later in life, like more recently. And then these people would have gone to the Catholic Church, and that is why the Catholic Church's numbers Well, maybe they might have in the past had they known it was abuse, but they didn't realize it until more recently now that we're having these discussions. But that's not explaining my question. My question is, the original thing, they said they had, what, 103? Three. Yeah. And then that went up to 184. Uh-huh. Then and then 320. To 320. And what fourth. happened between those things? Like, what did the Catholic Church oh. either find out or allow for? It's possible that as the state is finding out stuff or the church gets more thorough with its own, like, let us look back at what happened okay, here. Okay, I see. Maybe they realize, you know what? We dismissed this. We should not have. So we're going to add this predator to I our see. list. Okay. I mean, that happens. That was the thing that bothered me. Is like, what's happening that your number is inflating, right. but not to the of what everybody else seemed to find. Yeah, the number of victims and abusers, the report said, are, quote, far greater than those reported by the Pennsylvania Grand Jury. That bombshell report. Um, Now, why all the discrepancies? Part of the problem is that several of the dioceses in Illinois were reluctant, that was the phrase, were reluctant to investigate allegations made against clergy members who were no longer on their payroll because those members were dead or resigned, mm. or they were just uh, laicized. Like, they're no longer members of the church. We take away your ordination. Laicized as That's to the right a term. layman? Yeah. Like, if laicized. you're, no longer, if you're no longer working for yeah, us, yeah. then who cares if someone made an allegation I'm against you? You're your not our problem. 
yeah, you're not our problem. Three of the six dioceses, including Chicago, changed their policies only after this investigation began to investigate all allegations, including people who used to be on the payroll but no longer oh, were. So that's I another see. reason for the discrepancy. Okay. So, I mean, I see. incredible. The report found that the percentage of sex abusers in the ministry at its peak in 1988 was 4.8%. 4.8% of the priests and uh, other volunteers so under the preview. one in 20? Uh, one in 20 were predators, like substantiated. By 2019, they mm, said that number is down to 1.5%. Granted, any percent is too many, but it's down to 1.5%. But I mentioned earlier, in Belleville in uh, 2011, that number exceeded 10%. Okay, what let's Hemet, let's you and I, let's ping pong back and forth. Let's mm-hmm. name all the other industries where you can have a 10% yeah. imagine they, molester they, rate. Imagine schools, if they did this with public sure. schools, because that's what the defenders of the Catholic Church say. Like there are predators in public schools too. Then find them. We don't <laughs> want them there either. Right. Like what that, and there's that's a the process that pisses me and off. And there's a process As to deal with like, it. And oh, no one's moving them to another school oh, and well, no one's pu- defending it. Oh, but they're public school teachers. So we'll <laughs> let them get a little hand with yeah, the kids. Like, no like, one is saying And that. it's such a, A, what, a, what aboutism is such an immature argument. And B, like, gang, you have all of the money in the world. You literally have more money than God and the best you could come up with is, well, they do it too. Yeah. If, on, if one guys. if one in twenty teachers and student and and aides and I would storm the nearest right? public school if that like truly like if this would I think that's the thing that really frustrates me is they act as if like y'all don't care either mm-hmm. and that's well we're seeing it right now too with all the anti trans stuff it's like with right wing people calling everybody groomers and stuff and then they ignore actual elected republicans who are actual predators it's I mean, like drag queens are not your problem gay people are not your problem and if they actually were problems guess what we support like them going to they prison really too glommed on to trans people as their it's next it's the new gay panic it it's really the is next the new one. gay I, I wonder I, it makes me think of like how like what smaller population can they target than trans people, which make up such? A I mean, the s- options like, were we pick someone else on like LGBTQ spectrum somewhere, or like some race, or some race, and like brown people. Eh, we've done. Are the you brown worried people. that you might be less? Uh, no, Next. they're not coming after my people. You, go, you got to be a little darker a than brown me. atheists. Mm. Come on! But uh, hey, they've pinned plenty of stuff on atheists. First generation American, I think. You know, is it wait? Okay, is it first generation American when you immigrate to America? If or I was is born in America, you're born in America, you're first generation American, mm-hmm, pretty much. Anyway, yeah. but this uh, report also offered recommendations moving forward. Some of them are obvious. Make sure the diocese has a straightforward way for victims Sh- to could, report allegations. Is number one, shut the fuck down. Yeah, that turn too. it off. Believe turn it or the not, Catholic Church off. Yeah, and start it again. Maybe this time you'll get it right. <laughs> Not one of the recommendations. It's like a buggy computer. No, they were like, just make sure there's a way for victims to contact you so they can report this stuff. Here's what they actually said. Listen to this. Why don't, uh, genuinely, why don't they just say, no, this needs to be shut down? Y'all have lost your privileges of having public trust. Truly, I'm mad now because 
Why? Why is that? Why is, oh my God, 10% of your population, 5% of your population are full on predators. Here's how we think you can kind of cut Improve some corners and do a little yeah. bit better. If, if genuinely, if like a charter school or CPS or whatever came out with that same thing, everyone would be like, okay, gang, we need to burn this the fuck down and start again. But no, they're like, hey, 5% of your leaders are actively molesting children or people in their care. Let me give you five pointers <laughs> and hopefully we can come out in the end. We're going to regroup in 12 months. I don't know how you shut them down. I mean... I'm with you. I don't know how I you know would be able to me, do but that. I just don't know if like I work for a nonprofit. If that was the case there, they would shut my mo- nonprofit down. As they should if that As were the case. As they should. Right. Here's what the report said. They were documenting like how easy is it if we wanted to report abuse? What would we have to do? Did they have like secret shoppers? Yeah. Here's what they said. To locate the Diocese of Rockford's full policy on reporting sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. one must click through several links or search for the policy by name using the search bar tool on the diocese's uh, main page. Mm. This is too cumbersome and difficult. Uh, There is a URL where you could do it, quote, but this link is not directly accessible from the diocese's main page. Like, they did this over and over. Like, you got to make it easier. That's why people aren't coming to you. That's one reason. Now, how have states responded in other places where they've released reports like this? Some states, as we've talked about, have opened up a window Mm -hmm. so that victims can file sexual abuse lawsuits, even if they had previously been shut out of that due to statutes of limitations. Uh Because of a quirk of the Illinois law, this is not something lawmakers, even though we're a very blue state, uh, lawmakers cannot do this in Illinois because the Supreme Court in the state has said, no, you can't do it that way. It requires an amendment to the state constitution, hmm. which is not out of the question, but obviously it's a much longer and more arduous process. So, like, we can't open up that uh, window. But the we're, diocese... We're in the Archdiocese of Juliet, in case you were wondering. Yes, that's one of them. Uh, the diocese could create an independent mediation and compensation program mm. to help these victims. That'd be nice. Um, Did at they least do that? They have not. Oh, okay. At least 27 U.S. dioceses have established these programs for survivors of sexual abuse, including Los Angeles and New York, those archdioceses. Um, in Illinois, and including the Archdiocese of Chicago... Have not done that yet. Interesting. Like, and we've said this before too. Like, the only real consequence that's going to happen here is if practicing Catholics and the people who call themselves Catholics and go to church mm. decide, I'm not calling myself this anymore because I'm ashamed of what this organization is doing. I'm not going to go to mass anymore. I'm not going to give money to these mm-hmm. people anymore. I'm not going to send my kids to a Catholic school anymore unless they are willing to say, you know what? Sexual abuse is wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to perpetuate it by and handing the predators. what a brave stance that would Usually be. brave. And I know that's easier said than done when it comes to, like, Catholic schools. Sometimes that is the best option mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And if they have the money or the uh, ability mm-hmm. to go there, sometimes that is a good option. I sure. get that. But nothing, th- there's nothing that says you have to go to church no. when, like, there's no pressure on you to do so mm-hmm. from family or something like that. Tradition is not a good excuse to prop up a criminal institution. Correct. Um, on the tail of this, <laughs> I'm very excited because the last time a bunch of Illinois-based Catholic pedophiles were dropped, 
my father, John Bloomkey, did a fucking deep dive and would call me and be like, you know your aunt John and Uncle Stanley? That's nothing. Like, the, get, the priest that married them, he was a total pedo. Like, yeah, he was know. so <laughs> over the moon to, like, find all these people. So I feel like we've just kind of made his June. Like, this is going to be his life. Also, speaking of Catholics making decisions... I had the conversation with some friends of mine where I work who volunteer with me. We're talking about Catholicism and who among us was Catholic. And a couple of them were like, yeah, yeah I still go to church sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know them. We're friends. Like this isn't an, an, I mean, it's definitely inappropriate, but it's not like illegal. It might be illegal, but it's fine. Anyway, I said the thing of like, so I was reading this thing about how, you know, a lot of Catholics don't necessarily agree with a lot of Catholic stances like sex before marriage and gay marriage and abortion and things like that. And I j- kind of gently was like, how does that... How does like, that sit with you? Yeah. And they... It didn't sit well with any of them. <laughs> it's kind of what it came down to. But they were very, like... Like you said, it's tradition. It's what my family does. Mm-hmm. It's what we do on this day. It was all. If your that. parents say, "Look, we're giving you money or whatever oh, yeah. inheritance and stuff," you got to keep the tradition yeah. alive. I, whatever ethical yeah. dilemma, I get it. Mm-hmm. If they're gone and no one's pressuring you to go, mm-hmm. you don't have to go because you think it makes you a good person. A hundred percent. And two, I think between two of the Catholic women I was talking to, they had like five kids between them, and I think only one of them is still Catholic. Yeah. So yeah. it was an interesting. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a second. It was an interesting too. little conversation that we had. Well, here- with spring finally in view, you might be thinking about inviting over some friends for an outdoor meal. I know I'm looking forward to that. And that means you should be thinking about ButcherBox. You can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. The food is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. More than anything, it'll give you peace of mind knowing everyone who eats it will enjoy it. You get free shipping, too. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a whole year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash friendly and use code friendly to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Here's a follow-up on kind of the same conversation. Um, I'm the real man on the street reporter of this team, huh? (laughs) This is from Ryan P. Burge, uh, the sociologist who does a lot of data analysis when it comes to religion. And he was looking at how often people attend church services. Mm. Here's what somewhat surprises me. If you go from 1970 to like now, 50 years later, Mm. um, you know, a a lot of people are leaving organized religion altogether. But the people who remain in the fold, if you're, let's say, an evangelical the people who remain are pretty hardcore believers. So getting more hardcore or getting just... more hardcore okay. percentage wise, because if you were like on the fence over the last 50 years, probably something is like, all right, right. I'm not going anymore. I'm not calling myself this. But the people who are still evangelical mm. today are like, oh, yeah, I'm going every week. This mm. is what I do. This yeah, is who yeah, I am. At Fine. least once a week. So like the percentage of people who go to service, church service every week mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, like, evangelicals, it's gotten higher over 50 years. And that's not weird 
because we're talking about a share of the people who call themselves evangelical. The moderates have like left I see, already. I see. So the okay. ones remaining, they they're so uh, more the remaining hardcore than evangelicals. BM. Most of them are more hardcore. Yeah, okay. and okay. when I say they go every week or more, that number is like a little over fifty percent. Like on it wow. right now. That's the hardcore ones. Okay. You know, when it comes to black Protestants, the number, it, it's not a huge increase from 1970 to now, but the number has gone up over time mm. to like 40%-ish, give or take. Mm-hmm. Mainline Protestants, kind of roughly the same. But here's the surprising thing. When it comes to Catholics, this is what uh, Burge basically found. In the early 1970s, he said, about half of Catholics went to church, like, weekly or more. Mm-hmm. Today, mm-hmm. that number is down to 25%. These are among people who call themselves Catholics. Wow. Fewer and fewer Catholics actually go to church every week. And he said, this is not because of the pandemic. Attendance was already down to 26% in 2018. Like, but, um, it's Catholic but specifically. But those are people who specifically say, I consider myself Catholic. Yep. Yep. But they are going to church fewer, less frequently. Per, a smaller percentage of that group who calls themselves Catholics right. go to church every single week. And it's a Which, sharp to be drop. blunt, means that they're losing money. The church, the church is, is losing money. Probably. I'm, I'm assuming so, yeah. I mean, which mm-hmm. to me, that suggests that cultural Catholicism is still a meaningful label for a lot of people. Like, if you ask them what religion are you, they will say Catholic. But the actual religious aspects of the faith are a lot less appealing mm. to even people who are willing to say that about themselves, sure. which could be an existential crisis for the Vatican. Um, so why is this happening? Like, this is up for debate. Like, it's not like Democratic Catholics are ditching church and Republican Catholics are staying in the pews. It's not like that. Okay. Um, since the 1970s, Burge said, the percentage of regularly church-going Catholic Republicans has been cut in half. Like, this is not a political thing. Like just Catholics in general are not attending as often as they used to. Share of Catholics as Democrats v Republican. I'm curious about that. If it comes to practice, my gut, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's close to half and half. At least when it comes to the issues like abortion, about half of practicing Catholics who call themselves Catholics say they're pro-choice. Like, so I'm guessing that's the number two. That's why when we talk about politics, when it comes to voting uh, trends. Uh, Catholics kind of don't get counted much. We talk about white evangelicals. We talk about religious nuns, mm-hmm. uh, N-O-N-E-S. But we don't really talk about Catholics because they're kind of evenly split down the Since middle. Since the 1970s, non-Hispanic white Catholics have voted majority Republican with very reliably, very reliably while a majority of Hispanic Latino Catholics have Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't consider the sort of race divide yeah. there. So why is this happening? Why are they not going to churches often? I mean, if I'm speculating, I think one reason a lot of people went to church, went to mass as often as they did mm. is because their parents made them. And those parents died? And those parents are dead now. And like you see a lot of older people now when mm. they don't have the pressure on them they're comfortable with ditching organized religion. They're not pressuring their kids to attend service. Mm-hmm. If they're, no one's pressuring them, they're not going. They're not clamoring to attend like CCD classes if their parents aren't forcing them to go. Yeah, it really is a whole thing of just enforcing it on your kids. Mm-hmm. And if that stops working. And if you have better ways to spend your time on a Sunday, mm-hmm. if you and your family have better ways to spend your time on a Sunday, church is an easy thing to drop. Like, I mean, go do something else. I cannot underestimate 
Go sleep. Go How volunteer. wonderful sleeping until noon it's is. Lovely. If that's in your wheelhouse, whoof. And given the first story we talked about, it's really hard to argue that church attendance is a societal good uh, and that not going it. to church makes you a bad person because we've Seems seen like what the church does. Seems like not going to church means your kids have a lesser chance of getting molested hmm. by old virgin I mean, if you want to keep your kids safe, Virginia keep them out of the like church. Right? And here's another I thing. F- like, how, how, how... And this was the question I did not ask my coworkers because I like and respect them. How the fuck can you consider yourself a Catholic anymore? Like, how can you look at what they have done and what they are doing? You know, I used to say that about Republicans, too, and I still wonder. But now I don't talk to anyone, so I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I, I am the only person who associates with the outside world. Yes. I do think... It, I don't know. Like, is Like, it, think about all the stuff associated with it and how... Yeah. How can you is it like, want to call yourself a Catholic these days? I kind of get the, I'm Catholic, but I hate the direction the church right. has gone Which, in every single way. It's like, then you're the, then you're giving, you're propping them up by staying there. But it's part of their identity is the thing, right? Like, Is it though? Like, again, what is I it mean, that's part of their identity? If they still believe in God, whatever, low no, priority for me. I'm, so it's like, fine, then practice your faith, but you don't need to support the institution. That's definitely easier yes. if you're an evangelical, if you're no, a non-denominational I, Christian, too. Like, I'm not asking you, I mean, I wish you would stop believing in God, too, but I don't care. Like, ju- you can believe in God, but yeah. stop going to these churches yeah. and giving money to these institutions. I'm wondering if it is like, um, oh, God, obviously I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, like, Congress has a 22% approval rate, but everyone's individual Congress mm-hmm. person has an yeah. 80% approval rate. Yeah, the like, Catholic Church is wrong, but my priest in, is great. Exactly, My exactly. church is wonderful. Like, it's, it's very easy not to well, look, at, is it a, look at it as a global problem mm-hmm. if you're kind of in on the ground floor. Um, that, that's a... Very fair point. And Thank like, you. let's see if you live in Belleville. Like, maybe your church is part of the problem. Maybe you don't yeah. realize how big of a problem it is. Apparently Belleville um, is just the whole bottom half of Illinois. Yeah. Um, the, the Pew Research Center noted in 2014 that I think this is important to recognize, too. When it comes to religious switching, like what religion you professed when you were younger versus what you are today... Um, we used like the numbers they had, this is from 2014. Oh, they did ask like, what were you, what were you raised to believe and what are you now? Okay. And they said like for every one person who stops being non-religious because they've become, they found God or whatever. For every one person who leaves unaffiliated, 4.2 become unaffiliated. Wow. Like the nuns grow over time. Catholics, for every one person who joins the Catholic Church, 6.5 are leaving. So this is, uh, when, I, when I look at conservative politics and when I look at the church, these are the numbers that kind of make me want to shake them by the shoulders of, like, DeSantis and, and these guys. Like, the people you're riling up isn't that many people when it comes down to it. Like and you're making these pitches years, to religious conservatives mm-hmm. who are a shrinking part of the population. And in five years, that share is going to be even less. And this is, I mean, I've, I've brought this yeah. up. I, I've been beating this horse for, for years of they, the Republicans keep narrowing who they are 
um, targeting and othering literally everybody else. And eventually you're going to run out of human beings in that little tiny pocket. And certainly not, no matter how much you gerrymander, you're not going to be able to fully take over a country based on a 10% minority share. Like it's just, it's so short-sighted. It is a small, powerful group, but here's the thing about that shrinking group of religious conservatives. Their lifespans are shorter. <laughs> they Every, vote less. N- they vote more. They, oh, do, okay, they that's all vote. Fair. Fair and enough. the nuns are growing and we're going to become a like majority of the democratic base. Yep. But like three of us vote. But every single okay, one it. of the religious conservatives vote, and that's the problem. That's What's why the they pander to religious conservatives. What's the version of Rock the Vote, and is it Podcast the Vote? Yes. I am launching hereby Podcast the Vote, a friendly atheist mission to get more atheists to vote. Hashtag Podcast the Vote. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't vote, who are you? Why are you? Okay, I have we're not questions shaming about you. people. Oh, I am. We are encouraging people Unless to you move are in under 16 our 10, or 17, then you have an excuse. The rest of you, what the what, We why? have to give grace for people who have learned their lesson later in life. <laughs> Everybody is welcome under my tent. Maybe not Hammonds, but it's no. a shittier tent. Go with go. worse food why? and who, no wine. Who is listening to this and not voting? Go vote in every single election. I'm not do it. Do it. Mail it in. You have time. Okay. Anyway. You have time till what? 2024? <laughs> you have time to vote in every election because you don't need to oh, go on election Oh, I see what day. you're saying. Like, I, I thought you meant it. you have time until the next election. I was like, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> legally speaking, um, yeah. So speaking of DeSantis, let's, this is surprising because he's had a Did disease. you see his launch video? Did I see the launch video? No one saw the launch video and no one heard the launch video and it was embarrassing and it was wonderful. I saw it and sent it to my friend Leslie yeah, and we great. cackled over it for years. It's going to be years. even funnier when he becomes our dictator. But you. But here's the thing. He signed a bill into law uh, recently, and I think it got no attention because he's done like 40 other crazy things since then. And I want to talk about the one that relates to church-state separation because this it's it's a wild bill that he just signed. Here, I'm going to try to summarize this as quickly as I can, but I think it's important to understand where this is coming from and what he's doing. The truth, like back in uh, 2015. 2015, that's how far back we have to go to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a high school football championship game. And in Florida, they do it the same way a lot of bigger states do high school football, which is they have a bunch of different classes. Like the big schools are separated from Mm -hmm. the smaller schools for competitive purposes. And in the Class 2A championship game, it turned out to be two small private Christian schools who were eligible to play in this statewide tournament, because a oh, lot of states allow for that to happen. Familiar. They do that, yeah. And the thing is, these two Christian schools made it to the championship game, like, good for them. Mm-hmm. And one of the administrators at one of those schools said, oh, well, we're in the big arena to play our championship game. Uh, hey, can we get over the loudspeakers and say prayers before the game? And the state, which oversees the competition here, mm-hmm. the Florida High School Athletic Association, said, no. This is a state-run event. It's televised. It's at a public facility. No, you can't hijack our loudspeakers to do your religious prayer. No one's stopping you, by the way. You're a private Christian school. Go in your locker room and go pray before the game. You can do that. That's fine. And Jesus encouraged that kind of prayer. (laughs) It's totally fine. You could all pray on your own anytime you want. No one's stopping you. But the thing is, the state said no. There was a lawsuit filed. 
and I won't bore you with the legal details. It's literally still in court today. Um, But the basic thing is, for years now, there's been this open question of, can the state allow prayers over the loudspeakers at these, you know, playoff games, no matter the sport? Nobody has found the answer, which is no? Well, the answer, they've tried to do it. The bills that they, uh, that Republicans in Florida have filed, they never jumped through every single hurdle until oh, okay. now. Oh, and boy. so this, oh, boy. this is what Ron DeSantis signed this week. And it is wild. Um, I don't know what this does to the lawsuit that is still technically pending, but this does a lot of things to the Florida High School Athletic Association. Mm-hmm. It basically takes over the entire organization. And let me tell you what this Wait, thing does. What do you mean? Yeah. In terms of the prayer, it's the loss now says it goes into effect July 1st. It's already signed. It's a done deal. It says the state must allow participating schools in any state series, which is a playoff game, mm-hmm. like for any statewide thing, to quote, public schools, public schools, private. I mean, anyone oh, competing course, in these playoff uh-huh. games, they can all quote, make brief opening remarks if requested by the school using the public address system at the event. Each school, I'm saying this now, each school gets two minutes to do this. And the governor's office specifically said in a press release, this preserves the First Amendment right to speech, including public prayer at the beginning of high school sporting events. Hmm. In English, they are now allowing four minutes of prayer at, let's say, a high school football game over the loudspeakers during the playoff run. Not regular season games, but like the championship one that anyone cares about. Totally fine. So they can all use the public address system. They can all spend two minutes telling the crowd to accept Jesus mm-hmm. or whatever they want to do. Or the only I can run up there and yell Hell Satan for two minutes straight. Theoretically. If I theoretically. was a football coach, which I am like <laughs> two credits away from being. Right. Um, the only caveat in the law is that the comments cannot be, quote, derogatory, rude, or threatening, which really they don't define that. But if you're telling me to like accept Jesus, the implicit threat is yeah, that I'm going to burn in hell. So I, you know, does that count? Doesn't count. Whatever. Um, and by the way, Howard, you mentioned like, let's do a Satan prayer. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The thing is, how Satan are schools, how are schools going to select hell. someone to give these things? Because there are always, quote unquote, neutral ways to push Christianity. We've mm-hmm. seen it at graduation events. Sometimes schools are like, well, our senior class elected a speaker right. to give a speech and we're not going to look at their speech ahead of time. And, oh, look, it just happened to be a Christian who's delivering a prayer. Mm-hmm. And the courts are like, you can't do that. We know what you're doing. Right. We know the rule you're playing here. Um, but no, this law will allow that to happen. There's nothing prohibiting a speaker from, you know, nicely condemning LGBTQ people by saying, like, we all want to avoid sin or something sure. like that. There's nothing prohibiting a school from urging the crowd to give themselves over to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Technically, it would be legal for a Muslim student or a Satanist or an atheist to lead the crowd in whatever they but want to do. those are the kind of people who are... Fighting for a microphone. <laughs> yeah, those are not the people who are going to be handed the microphone in any of these situations. This is a Trojan horse to allow public prayer at athletic competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, there is a Supreme Court decision that says you can't use loudspeaker prayers. You can't do loudspeaker prayers before these games, but 
we'll see what the courts do with this particular law. So that's part of it. And this bill actually gets even... Oh, by the way, I should say, the Christian school that filed that lawsuit, here's their response to the new law. The next time Cambridge Christian returns to play for a state championship, and we will return... We will pray over the loudspeaker before kickoff. Did they lose the last time because I they didn't pray? I didn't look. Uh, guess or where, did they win without praying, which I think right? would be a more compelling story. Where did DeSantis sign the bill? Where did he do the... I don't you know, know, a church. Cambridge Christian School. Oh, wow. Of course so he brave. did. Now, maybe you're thinking the Florida High School Athletic Association might try to at least put up a fight or I'm put not up boundaries. That. I've heard But here's Florida. the thing. The current... Uh, Florida High School Athletic Association. Here's how they're run. And they're run in a normal way. Mm. They have 16 representatives. Big normal. This is, I mean, this is normal. They have 16 representatives who run the organization. Mm. And this is a mixture of, you know, coaches, administrators, elected to their positions by, like, regions across the state. Um, but now, with this law, Ron DeSantis says, well, now you're going to have 12 members. I'm cutting it a little smaller. By the way, I get to appoint eight of them myself. Eight of them? Yep. So he gets to replace the entire board of that athletic association with his cronies. Oh, and by the way, if they make any changes to their bylaws, that has to be approved by the state's board of education, which DeSantis also has control over. Oh, and by the way, the board of education also gets to approve the executive director of the athletic association. Oh, and any budget as well. So yeah, cool. That's Great. the bill that just got signed into law. I didn't see it getting like any coverage, but the bottom line is this new law now allows four minutes of Christian prayers over the loudspeakers before playoff games, and it's not going to be just I mean, private Christian schools doing it. Let's but let's not be intellectually dishonest, right? Like anybody does have the opportunity, so it's not fair for you to say they say Christian prayers. That is what is going right, to happen. Right, the word Christian is I not just want to in be the bill. Very, I want to be very, uh, as generous as we can to the thing. They did not specifically say, obviously no, that no, was no. the intention. The, the law is about religious freedom. It I allows want, anybody to I just speak. don't want us to be accused of hyperbole, is, no. is what I am exactly. trying to get to. If you look at the writing, this is neutral on the surface. I think that's kind of the goal of this thing. It's all about religious freedom. You don't have to use the loudspeakers, but if you want to use the loudspeaker, mm-hmm. you're allowed to, and you could say whatever you want. Right. And if it happens to be a prayer, where that's fine. Oh, We're not going to stop okay. you. So I don't know what's going to happen in the courts with this one. I mean, I can guess. But, I mean, the hope is that if anyone challenges this, it'll just get up to the Supreme Court that already said Coach Kennedy can pray in sure. front of everybody. I mean, yeah, that's students. definitely, like, their track that they're so, trying to run. Yeah. Cool. Everything's great. I'm feeling good about everything. I'm glad you came over tonight. Once again, I if this you're listening to this Parks podcast and, and you're not voting, what the hell are you doing? Of course this is better than Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, you're wrong and an idiot. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about... I'm, like, literally in season three when she's running this for city council. This means to me. It is peak Parks and Rec. Season three, season four. Season three. Go. Sure. So, the Jehovah's Witnesses... Oh, boy. Every oh, we year... we don't talk about them very much. I know. It's, it's been a while. Every while. Uh, year, they do something called a regional convention. It's like a three-day event. They kind of bring together all the various different kingdom halls. And they're like, hey, your church here, your church. There. All of you come together in one area. We got videos for you. We got, like, 
uh, lectures that are coming from None high None of up. y'all have celebrated birthday in your entire <laughs> lives. Let's make up for it with one slice of cake right. per person. <laughs> so they're doing their regional convention right uh-huh. now. And one of the things, they like, they've already done it. They do several of these, but it's the same content. Like and where is it taking place this Everywhere. Time? Everywhere. Oh, okay. You can find All it. All at the same time? You can drive, like, within 45 minutes and find where they're giving let's the presentation. Let's go. Let's go do some ex- Have ex- fun. Some I'm staying home. So That's what I wanted to do. Oh, please go and report back. So... Three days. Good luck. Very boring lectures, I got to tell you. So they already have done this. And then they took the video of all the stuff that is pre-produced, pre-recorded and stuff. And they have a way for members of the Jehovah's Witnesses to live stream it if for whatever reason they can't make it to the main event. Okay. And it turns out the live stream is missing a couple of videos that were clearly shown at at least the first a regional couple of convention. Full videos. Not well, a couple of very short videos. Here's the thing about Jehovah's okay. Witnesses. They always, like every year, produce these like very carefully written scripts with professional actors, and they put together like, we want to teach you this principle. So here's a little vignette we have put together sure. so you can understand what you ought to be doing. A little right? morality play? Yeah. So they do a whole bunch of these. They're all like a minute, minute and a half long, and they have a whole bunch. And they, again, I'm telling you, production-wise, they look good. They look professional, right? But in one specific segment of this year's regional convention, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you some background here. It's called, like, better to be patient than to be haughty in spirit, like, they want to teach you patience. Haughty. And they have a bunch of little mini... That's their tagline? They use the word haughty? Very boring people. Um, they have, like, five people. different short sermons under that subsection, right? Better to be patient than haughty. Yeah. Like, all of you need to learn patience. Sure. And they have a bunch of short sermons. And in each of those short sermons, which are delivered by different people, different uh-huh. leaders and the witnesses... They have a couple of little plays interspersing these sermons, right? To mix it up, liven it up a bit. On video. On video. Uh-huh. And in one of those mini sermons, the videos have gone missing. Uh-oh. Like, they're not found on the Jehovah's Witness website. All and that's in one chunk or all... a few here and there? Well, here's the thing. The way they realized something was weird is that if you watch the mini sermon, they didn't really smooth over the segments where the plays would have gone, uh, it looks like a rough cut. And you're like, what did they just edit sure. out of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they realize what was edited and the website avoidjw.org <laughs> saved copies of the stuff that's just missing. Just what it says on the tin. I appreciate yeah, right? that. <laughs> so I, here's the thing. I have the things and I know you don't, you, this is not on video. I do have the audio and I'm going to explain to you. I'll explain to you video one. Okay. okay? This is a part of the sermon when they say, be patient. You got to learn patience. patience they, are talking, they are talking about a thing called disfellowshipping. Uh-huh. And basically what disfellowshipping is, it's like shunning. Yeah. It's basically saying, all right, we are all Jehovah's Witnesses in this family. But if Jessica chooses not to be a Jehovah's Witness anymore. We choose Jehovah's Witness over our family member. Yeah. You are now cut off from the family. And... It, We've talked about this before, but like this is cruel in so oh my many God, ways. It's absolutely, not just cruel to you if you leave, but cruel to family members who are like, on? "I want to." I'm, let's say you have a child, and I'm the grandfather. I'm like, I want to see my grandchild. Sorry, you've left the fold, yep. so I have no communication with you anymore, and that hurts both ways. Yeah, if you watch 
any movie about cults that's uh-huh. a, or a documentary I should say. We we talked about this in Norway recently. Remember they basically removed the Jehovah's Witness as a religious community. That's right. In part in large part because of this very practice of disfellowshipping. Mm. And by the way, we didn't talk about this, but in uh Britain right now there is a celebrity, don't ask me why she's a celebrity. Her name is Rebecca Vardy. She's the wife of a famous soccer player, Jamie Vardy, and she's been in the news over there because she has spoken out against the Jehovah's Witnesses in a documentary recently saying she was sexually abused as a child and when she wow. went to her Jehovah's Witness elders uh, they just didn't take her seriously. Mm. Um, she also said she was disfellowshipped when she left the organization after she turned 15. The witnesses have responded saying, well, she wasn't baptized. Like, buddy, she was a child raised in your religious organization yeah. just because you didn't do the voodoo magic does not Truly. mean she wasn't one of you. Right. But this has been, this is a big story in Britain right now. <sighs> so yeah. when you have all that happening, the Norway thing, you have the Vardy story. Right. Disfellowshipping is in the news a lot. Sure. People are curious about it. And in this mini sermon where they're teaching you about patience, they're trying to tell you patience also applies when it comes to being disfellowshipped or having a loved one who was disfellowshipped. So in video one, they show a fictional character. Her name is Elsa. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a, about a one-minute clip. But basically, it's a voiceover she's going to do, just talking to the camera. And I, you can't see this, so I'm just going to describe it to you. Okay. She gets a phone call from her mother, and it is implied her mother is no longer a Jehovah's Witness. Okay? All right. So Elsa is about to receive a phone call and from Elsa her is mother. Still, Elsa or... is still a believer. Got so it. here is the first video. It's about a minute long. Mom's disfellowshipping still feels so raw. Elsa, please pick up. I miss you so much. I just want to hear your voice. It's such a struggle. I miss her. She's just walking around with her phone right now. She taught me the truth. Gave me a stable life. She was my closest friend. She's debating whether or not she should push the green button on her phone. To pick up? Mm-hmm. What's the harm in just calling once in a while? To chat? Maybe I can even help her to come back to Jehovah. So that's video one. And That's the intended fucking rough. Mm-hmm, the intended takeaway is clear. Like we know it's hard to cut ties with people who have left the fold. Oh God, I forgot this is coming from the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, like they made this. Stay in our church. <clears throat> this is what you can look forward to. <laughs> right, and like their point is, yeah, we know it's hard to cut ties. We know you want to talk to people who have been disfellowshipped. Jesus. But we are telling you, you should not do that. You cannot do that. Elsa here just needs to overcome the temptation to talk to her mom. She needs to be patient. And the implication there is if she is patient and she doesn't pick up the phone, her mom will eventually be so damn desperate to talk to her daughter again, her mom will rejoin the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay? 
Cool that's, religion. That's the idea. So the second video here. Uh-huh. Now Elsa is sitting in a kingdom hall, like their version of a church. She is sitting in a service and is trying to come to terms with having cut her mother out of her life and trying to justify to herself that, you know what? This won't be so bad after all. So the first voice, first voice you're going to hear is basically, uh, I'm using the term priest. It's not a priest, but you get the idea. A priest giving a sermon, and then Elsa's going to do another voiceover where she's looking at everybody in the congregation and realizing like, okay, I don't have my mom anymore, but let's see who I do have in my life. Yes, here's that video. Abel was essentially a spiritual orphan, but... Regardless of what his parents chose, he listened to Jehovah and patiently waited on him to fulfill his promises. I never thought of it that way. What has Jehovah promised me if I patiently wait? Spiritual brothers. She sees the men in her congregation. Sisters. Other women. And mothers. There's one Asian lady smiling back at her. And now she's back home, and she gets another call from her mother. This time, she just ignores the call. And this is the happy ending? This is the happy ending, yes. Cool, Cool, gang. Wait for it, wait for it. I won't. She puts down the phone and moves on with her life. She's doing happy things right now. Like what? Makeup, I think. I'm not sure. I forgot. If I focus on what I do have... And wait patiently. Someday, what I don't have may even come back to Jehovah. I just want to note some grammar here. She said, what I don't have. Her mother is a what now, not even a who. Um, I mean, I think she's referring to the relationship, not her mother in particular. That's what I think anyway. (laughs) If I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Why? 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 Why would you? Why would I um, know? Oh, so the person who is speaking, who is delivering the sermon that these videos were supposed to uh, be included in, mm. he basically was saying all the same stuff, but in it's like an evangelical pastor talking about why gay people are evil, but using nice language to do it. Like, it's sin. We don't like any sin. Mm. It's like that. He's talking about disfellowshipping, but in a nice sort of way. But these videos kind of beat you over the head with it. And I think that's why they took away these videos. They're like, this is evidence that makes us look pretty bad. Oh, these are short, that's right. I these are short that we... clips that could be shared. How many of those videos were there? Just In the, the whole conference? Like the a gazillion. Those two, Just the were two cut out as far as I can tell. Yeah. I'm very curious what they think. What do they think is bad publicity but still believe in? These are the things I find really fascinating about religious marketing Mm -hmm. is that they have a very strict guideline, right, of, like, what they believe in and what they do. Yeah. But they know... They know that you can't say, hey, in Scientology, we believe that Xenu did these things and we were from a, a volcano you or whatever. Be they at know level you have 72. to be invested before you mm-hmm. hear that. 
Yeah, it's the he gets us campaign all over again where it's like <laughs> Jesus gets you. It's like, well, the what else? What does Jesus campaign? think about gay people? What does Jesus think about, you know, abortion? Right. And they don't want to answer that question mm-hmm. because they have an answer mm-hmm. in their minds. But they're like, oh, we, we don't talk about that sort of stuff. And that's the thing with the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're trying to say, like, yeah, disfellowshipping is a thing. That is a part of the Witnesses. And they're trying to write it off like, you guys, stop defining us by this one thing that's kind of a horrible, horrible thing. Well, and I think it's funny that they gave her, at the end, they gave her, like, hypothetical people she could form relationships with. They didn't even end her with, like, I have a new surrogate mother, and it's this smiling Asian woman. You can't see the smiling Asian woman, but that is the creepiest interaction I've ever seen. Not because she's Asian. I mean, like, she just looks at this random woman in the congregation, and the woman just smiles at her, and the voiceover is like, mother. Like, she found found her substitute. Weird. Yeah, it's such a weird way to put it. Um, Because also, they don't... When you watch the video, they don't have the interaction you would expect from people who clearly know each other. Right. These are strangers who are pushed together in the yeah, same area. Yeah, that is a good point. It's she just so looks weird. at a chunk of men and is like, one of those can be my brother. Not yeah. like, oh, those are my buddies. Yeah. And, oh boy. Um, and by the way, the oh boy. Je- Jehovah's Witnesses have basically used the same argument to justify disfellowshipping that evangelicals use when promoting, like, conversion torture, which oh, is, like, we're doing this out of love. We're doing this because it's good for you. It's always in the name of God. Oh, well, it's always they, in the name of love. Whoever's leading a particular church knows better what mm-hmm. is good for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you, you've lived your whole life as you. You've gone through your life as yourself. You know what makes you happy or not happy. No. Mm-hmm. Wrong, idiot. Jehovah does or whatever. Um, I would also say disfellowshipping itself seems to me like it would be a sign of the religion's weakness because it sends the message that critical thinking, logic, reason, like none of that is ever going to bring someone back to Jehovah. I think that we think that critical thinking is a valued thing and everybody else does not. Sure. But like nothing they ever say will bring people back into the fold. Yeah, it's dog. always emotional manipulation, yeah, right? Dog. They're admitting that with this practice. If they le- that's what cults are. That's what yes. happens. They left because they don't have the the fortitude, the vision, the the strength, the endurance that you do and mm-hmm. fuck them. This is the again, this is the same thing as the GOP. You keep galvanizing your base and reducing it down until it has the density of a fucking star, but there's like four people in there. You know what I mean? Like that is that feels like the inevitable conclusion of all of this. Yeah. Of like we're waiting for the January sixth of right, the like just like the sixteen most angry people <laughs> you've ever heard of are just right. vibrating into existence. Like it was one. Th- it would be one thing if they removed these videos from their live stream because they're not really shunning people, and these videos suggest that this is a part of their. Uh, religion, but it's really not like so. Stop getting the wrong idea. Like it would be nice if that were yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah. The reality is that the we practice... would never tell somebody to stop <laughs> talking to their mother. Wait, <laughs> nope. We're right? going to advertise it instead. But the practice is not going anywhere. They seem to be worried about the negative publicity, and they thought if they just you know throw these videos away or <laughs> do you think they were targeting make them disappear? Like sixteen-year-old like girls who hate their moms and are like, if you join Jehovah's Witness, you know have to hang out with your mom anymore <laughs> and they're like 15 so they don't know better that's what i think they're they're targeting i mean with that they particular need anyone ad. they can get 
Yeah. Um, this was an interesting predicament that I heard. So those videos were uploaded to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Of course they were, because why yeah. not? Uh, they were uploaded on a channel run by someone named uh, XJW Caleb. But he actually raised this point, which I thought was funny and also an interesting predicament. He just uploaded the videos as is. Like, here's video one. Here's video two. It's their content. If you're watching Parks and Rec and you saw a one-minute clip you really like, could you upload that to YouTube? I don't Just know. straight up, like, here's a clip from the DVD and just here's a I minute segment? So. Can I? Uh, I don't know. You cannot. Okay, you felt, I felt being set up Sorry. for failure. No, you can't because <laughs> they know. would just say, you can't make money off of our content, right? Oh, and so the thing I is, will the witnesses file a takedown notice of these videos? Because mm, if they do, they're kind admit of admitting these are theirs. But how could they <laughs> deny that, right? I mean, that's the point. I mean, even if you watch the videos at the very end, you see the little JW.org watermark, like it's their stuff. But are they actually going to try to take this stuff down and Streisand effect this whole thing even more? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. So, you hate to see the Streisand effect come right. to play in Jehovah's Witnesses. Just, Do people know what the Streisand effect is? Yeah. Okay. We've talked about it enough. So just a those videos are devastating, but also they're predictable. That's what the religion I mean, it's just tells. wild that that's in their marketing material. That's the right? thing that fucking blows they my mind. They wrote a script like, to do that. And then taped it and got actors to do all oh, that stuff. Oh, the number of people who like, signed off on this script is north of 20. I've and been, they're all like, yeah, I have no notes. I've wondered this for a while because they've made vignettes like that that are more egregious at times and mm. indoctrinating and all that stuff. And I'm like, who are these actors? I'm so curious because I don't think I know who any of these people. I mean, I wouldn't know who they are, but like, do they have an IMDb page somewhere? Mm. Are these just regular actors who get called in for this? Because I want to know what that well, looks like. Well, I mean, like. remember when we watched that one Ray Comfort movie? Yeah, that was, and, and he hired professional actors. Yeah, that and actor... I'm wondering if this is the same type of thing where they just hire People who are looking to audition for something, and do they know what they're stepping into? Money's I don't know. Money. money. Is that the reason they're doing it? I'm very curious. That actor texted me like back. At, we were texting back and forth for like a year after that thing. <laughs> it was weird. He was fun. Yeah. Okay. This story you may have seen in the news. Um, there is a, a website. Of course, I should have looked up the pronunciation. Hutton University. H-U-T-T-O-N. Hutton University, I'll call it that, whatever it's like when it is. People spell ass Small school in upstate New York. It's about a thousand students. Small college, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> they recently fired two residence hall directors, like okay. the people running the dorms and stuff. Um, Reagan Zalea and Shua Wilmot. These are two people who worked at the school. They were both fired. Um, why were they fired? Because as far as we could tell, the students loved them. Uh, I need some more context You will get clues. more. Um, they say they were fired because they used pronouns in their email signatures. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Hutton is affiliated oh, with the Wesleyan Church, which is a conservative Methodist denomination. And over the past couple of years, they've What's done the all Methodist these things. Don't worry deal? about it. They've done all these things over the past couple of years to really lean into the conservative side of their faith. Uh. Um, So this is from an article. 
Since 2021, it has closed. This is from the New York Times. Since 2021, it has closed a multicultural student center. Cute. And an environmental sustainability program. Good look. And rescinded its recognition of an on-campus LGBTQ club. Nice. Uh, after the club declined. Oh, welcome. Yeah. After the club declined to more, uh, to promote conservative views on sex and gender. <laughs> so here's, here's what happened. I want to read that email Right now. If anybody can get that email to me about what they requested a queer group to do to align themselves more with conservative uh-huh. views, I would give anything. I, I'm pretty sure they would have said, like, you can exist as a club, but I, you're telling everyone that they're hellbound, right? I mean, that's that's all you I, do I every meeting. Right? I need to know. Well, when this multicultural center, the Mosaic Multicultural Center, that just closed this past March... Um, there were allegations by the school that this place was exclusive and unwelcoming, and that's why we have to shut it down. To white people? I possibly. Well, the school's newspaper asked Zalea, who happened to be like an she worked with that organization and happened to be the residence hall director. Uh-huh. They were like, "What are your thoughts on this?" And she was very blunt about it. I'm going to quote her because it's a good quote. If anything, she said she she wrote about this. It feels like it just further demonstrates that the university is only interested in the kinds of diversity that are convenient for marketing purposes. Wow. It is, out, it is outrageous to have diversity as a pillar in our strategic plan hmm. when we are actively cutting the programs and spaces that help empower diverse students to succeed. Diversity is one of their pillars? Yeah, at the school. Do you have, do you have any notes of like what they say they're doing? I'm, I'm sure they just say we want to embrace diversity of all kinds under the name of we'll Jesus. We'll take Asian, Asian Christians. Right, right. Brown Christians. All kinds of straight Christians are welcome Christians. here. Yeah. Cis Christians of all colors. <laughs> right. Like, anyway, her point is, and I, this is a fair point. General generals if, from both the binaries. <laughs> if, the, if the school doesn't embrace different kinds of diversity, they shouldn't pretend otherwise. I mean, no that's problem. a risky thing for anyone to say when you work at the school, but if it's fair, How, it's they, fair. They work at the school. They're not students. They're not like they resident are staffers. RAs. They're they are staffers. staffers. Okay, I just and here's the thing. So she shared that opinion. She made a good point. And she also happened to say, because I saw this in the school newspaper's article, that she was planning to resign from the school because uh, she just didn't feel yeah, like this yeah, was yeah. good home. Makes sense. So days after that article was published in the school newspaper, the school's like human resources person sent uh, this woman a letter. She sent Zalea a letter saying, no, we're going to fire you basically before you can resign. Like you don't get to walk away saying you quit. No, no, no. We're getting rid of you. You don't quit. You're fired. (laughs) Now you get a pension package or what the fuck ever they have to give you now. And she said the comments that, this woman made in uh. the newspaper were quote false and defamatory. They were neither. And, and I'm going to read you from the letter because oh it was posted on Instagram later. Oh boy. You previous uh, Reagan, you previously tendered your resignation advising that you did not intend to return next year. However, as a result of your refusal to remove pronouns in your email signature in violation of institutional policy, and false and defamatory statements attributed to you in the recent Star article, wow. please be advised of the following. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired, give us your keys, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, they specifically said, we are very mad about the things you said to the paper and also your pronouns. Also, some other thing. Okay, so when you said these people said they got fired because of their pronouns, what you're saying is they 
absolutely did get fired. <laughs> they absolutely they did get fired. Claiming discrimination, and by the way, I mentioned they were aggressively discriminated. The against. other person I mentioned, uh, Shua Wilmot, uh, uh, who goes, he and him. He said, I don't think he worked at the Multicultural Center. So he didn't, and he didn't make any quotes to the school paper, uh, but he got fired for the same reason, the pronoun shit. thing. So I don't know what else it was. Oh my God. But I, here's the thing. I know it's not my business, but I do want to know if these people are cis, but don't tell me because it doesn't matter. But I it just doesn't wanna, matter. They I both are. To know that so here's my the thing. Happening. The New York Times spoke with both of them and mm. they're like, so what is happening here? Because, Listen, if you work at a private Christian school, and this is a private Christian school, mm. it's not surprising that they would make you sign a faith statement saying you believe, like, our faith. Maybe the students sure. get more leeway on something like that, but the staff, like, you got to sign on to what we believe. And there's been controversy at, like, some Christian schools because they say... Our beliefs say you have to believe in young earth creationism. And professors might say, but that's not like a salvation thing. Yeah, we have to accept Jesus. I get that. But like how old the earth is, is not a defining mark of whether you're going to heaven or hell. So like that doesn't make sense. Okay. But like the school says, like, what is the school's point here? Because both of these staffers are saying pronouns are not a salvation thing. Like, what are you talking about? Can you point to the passage in the Bible where Jesus says, do not clarify your pronouns to help people? Jesus uses pronouns all the time, right? Can we talk, what, the second person's name? I am he, whatever. Uh, Also, Reagan, kind of, it could be a very well-gender neutral name. Let me explain that to you. Oh, because both of these people, you don't have to explain it back to me. (laughs) Let me mansplain this to you. Both of these people (laughs) told the New York Times, they have, professional and pastoral reasons for including their pronouns like they want to respect students mm. who may be trans yes well, that that feels like the bottom line bottom that's line. always what it is sure we're of respecting course, trans of people course we want to respect those students and their identities yeah. but also and i'm quoting from the new york times here they both have uncommon gender neutral names and said they have often been misgendered in email correspondence this is wilmot uh he's saying there's the professional piece to it and the practical piece. And there's also an inclusive piece. And I think that's the piece this institution doesn't want. Basically, both of them said they have been labeled by the wrong gender in emails because they have these uh-huh. confusing names. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we kind of did that just so you don't have to go through the confusion and you know how to address us. And I that's mean... it. But they made the cardinal mistake. Of crossing the path of modern conservative Christianity, yeah, because which by this showing is the respect, worst thing they can think of a, a person doing. I mean, listen, my name is Jessica, which is a pretty traditionally feminine name. Yep. The first summer I worked in Montana, I was called Jesse and referred to by he/him pronouns sure. for six months by the owners. For me, a cis person, it was not devastating or upsetting. It was really quite funny, but. But when I you can have, imagine. But when you have a name a like Hemant between... or Shua or Reagan, and it happens all the time, uh-huh. it's like... It's not a cute little yeah. bit that I can tell as a story. Right. It's annoying. And I'm just trying to get away from that conversation. Like, I've done this. I will email somebody, and I literally include my pronunciation mm. in the thing. Not because we're even going to talk on the phone or something, but like just so just you so have it brain, in your head. Truly, my my right? girl, uh, girlfriend of mine, her name is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, mm-hmm. and constantly gets misspellings. My friend Anne, same A-N-N-E. Right. Misspellings, like people, mispronunciations, misgendering. It's rude and inconsiderate, right. and I think the least we can do to help 
smooth that path is, hey, let me give you all of the information you need to write a respectful email back to me. Spell my name right. Maybe get my gender right. Like, this isn't right. a lot to ask of people. And, and so by that's the what way... That's what they're saying. They're saying, like, look, if we are being inclusive of LGBTQ people, that's great. Yeah. Like, we appreciate that. But also, we're kind of doing this for doing. our convenience yeah. as well. Like, um, And also, you know, I'm a... I know, you know, I have a second and third job in addition to this job. Um, and... I'm a freelance writer and every person I work with has their pronouns, not just in their email signature, but like, like Jessica Bloomke, she, her, like in their, like yeah. if you get an email from the person and guess where I work, the American fucking medical association. <laughs> so I feel like if they are chill with defining pronouns, univer almost everybody in that organization has their pronouns. If the AMA <laughs> is willing to accept that, then maybe some shitbox university in upstate New York can chill the fuck out. It's not... Oh, by the way, the school oh, responded the to all of this by saying, we have, quote, never terminated an employment relationship based solely on the use of pronouns in staff email signatures. Uh, tricky language, over, just like Jesus <laughs> used. Over the past years, we've required anything extraneous be removed from email signatures, including Prayers? scripture quotes. Is that true? Maybe that's true, but I would like to know, well, who I have you fired? Who have you fired? Because they included, like, John 316 in their email. I don't know that they've ever done it. And the thing is, like, if, and what? If you're a professor and you have a PhD, are you not allowed to put PhD after your name? Is that extraneous? Like, what part is extraneous? Yeah, that's fucking buckwild. They're man. not putting anything that's not useful information in right. there. And right. by the way, uh, Zalea actually said in a video that she made, she also has a link like for ways to sign up for meetings with her because she's an RA and like resident staffer. Like she had a link in there. That's more than extraneous, but no one ever said anything about that. <laughs> so like they're not consistent about this stuff. I will say now, there has been an open letter defending both of them Good. signed by over 700 graduates of this school. Wow, It's been sent to administrators. Uh, a response from the school's president didn't address any of the salient what issues. Every Hutton employee affirms his or her understanding of an agreement to these faith-based commitments. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They also offered, they made a half-hour video, like, kind of explaining. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, the, the two of them that were oh, fired. They I'm made sorry. a video kind of saying, here's where we're coming from. We got yeah. fired. We want to explain to all of you why we got fired. Um, but basically, my takeaway huh. from watching the video is, like, these are the sorts of people who make college feel like home. These are trusted adults who are looking out for students who might otherwise feel marginalized. Like, these are the people I'm going to remember after I graduate. Sure. Well, I'm not going to remember the administrators. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if people are from either outside the U.S. or just don't know what all of this bullshit is all about. Um, these people, resident advisors, work essentially in the dorms. So they are there specifically and only to support the like life and well-being of students. They are not um, academically minded. Right, they right. like I have a girlfriend of mine. Is, we are here to help you feel this. home. Yeah, feel that is home. what the point of it is. Like eighteen-year-olds, God Lord, especially in a conservative college, eighteen-year-olds yeah. who've never spent time alone outside of their family. Like these people are essential to make young people be able to like feel at home enough to get an education and not party their faces off. 
Ay, ay, ay. So listen, if you sign that Every letter, time. that open letter, and you're a graduate, just remember, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm speaking to the choir for these people, don't send any donations to this school. I don't care if you like had a good experience yourself. No one who graduated from this school, no one who's going to the school right. and like supports the staffers who got fired here, just remember that when you graduate and never send any money to this mm. university. They don't want to be a place to help students. Yeah. I don't even donate to Ball State University, but that's mostly because they haven't invited me back to speak to like a four-person atheist group or something like that. Yes. I feel like I'm finally kind of famous enough for somebody <laughs> to invite me back to my own college campus, and yet... Nothing. And yet... One day. One day. Yep. I have not given I'm not going to back mine. to Muncie until somebody invites me back. <laughs> I'm sure they're clamoring. <laughs> It'll happen soon. It's just, I just have this like image in my head. No one's I, ever said I'm waiting to go back to Muncie. That's 100% true. Fuck Muncie. I just have, I used to be in the English theory club, not to brag. There was like eight of us and we would have professors come in once in a while. I haven't, you're smirking. That is eight more people than I was expecting. I, listen, I, I was going to say we were cool. We were definitely not cool, but we <laughs> hung out. Um, and we would have professors come in, and so there's like six of us just sitting watching a professor like talk about their shit. That's all I want. I just want to stand behind a lectern and talk about some dumb bullshit to a bunch of like 19 year olds who think I'm cool. Is that so much to ask? It is so much to ask. I mean, I'm sure they have an atheist club. What were we talking about? Are we I don't done? know anymore. No. God. Damn all right. It. So the I Satanic thought, Temple. When you put your pen down, I thought that meant we we're done. I was so excited. No, I just couldn't handle Muncie. I'm sorry. so. <laughs> The Satanic Temple is suing the city of Chicago. Hey, hello. Hey, Why? Because hey, one of its leaders hey, has been trying to deliver a Satanic invocation because apparently the city council says a prayer at its meetings, which I did not know. I don't live in Chicago proper, but like he was like been trying for years yeah, now. In Chicago. Yeah, he's been trying for years to do the invocation. Yeah. And he's made polite requests. The city uh, staffers who work there are like, cool, we'll get back to you. Um, and then they don't get back to him. And then he's like, hey, I'm still trying to... Could we take a small step back? Yes. The invocation is for what? They do an invocation at the beginning of their meetings of to open up me the meetings. City council meetings. Just city council. City council roller. straight okay. up. So the guy's and it's name... usually a Christian. Okay. Almost always a Christian prayer. Adam Vavrick is one of the leaders of the Satanic Temple's Illinois chapter. Mm -hmm. He said he first reached out to the chief of public engagement for the office of the city clerk. This is from January of 2020. Oof. And he basically said, yeah, you can give an is invocation. Inter interesting happened between then and now? Nothing. <laughs> well, he was told at the time, this pre-pandemic, uh, you'll be allowed to give the invocation after, quote, standard vetting procedures are completed. Okay. And that's fine. Of course, anyone signs up, they're like, we just got to do some they're basic checking. They're not just going to let any hand right. meta up there. Exactly. And then he's like, cool, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But no matter how much information he sent them, like, here's who I'm with, here's what I represent, whatever, he just never heard anything. They never scheduled him to speak. And eventually they stopped answering his emails. Uh -oh. Um. And finally, after like a couple years of this, he asked a lawyer to get involved. And attorneys for the city, we are told in the lawsuit, because he filed a lawsuit now, they were unable to articulate the process for seeking to provide an invocation uh -oh. and could not say whether the city would permit Minister Adam to deliver an invocation. Sounds like some dude behind a desk was making a decision and I mean, now they don't know how to explain that. Right. So the thing is, there's a couple problems here. One is not just that he's gone through 
what he thinks are the motions, the hoops he needs to jump through. There are no There motions. are no hoops. There yeah. are no clearly defined steps he has to overcome here. And then they're not giving him a slot and no one there is explaining what he did wrong. They're just kind of hoping if we don't answer his emails, maybe he'll just I go mean. away. And like, he's just asking for the same treatment and opportunity given to the many, many religious invocation Truly, speakers. This, like this guy is treating this request. Like I treat my laundry. Like if I just ignore it, <laughs> it will just go away and I he won't says, have to deal with it. Since January of 20th, since January of 2020, when he started asking, there have been at least 50 invocations given. Oof. So, like, they're doing it. Some of these people are getting and through. he's not even on the schedule. He's not on the schedule. He said, quote, I think the choice to ignore me was the hope I would mm. just go away. But if we can just ignore a Satanist request purely because they're a Satanist, then we never believed in equal access in the first place. I'm Which is fair. in a position of a lot of people... <laughs> have been ignoring me, hoping I would go away, and I don't go away. And so I just relate to this person so hard. I'm like, did you forget about me? Because I'm still here. I have nothing else going in my life. I'm going to keep bugging you until I die. (laughs) He actually went through the process of sending, he offered to send Chicago officials a copy of his invocation. He already wrote it. He's like, here's what I want to say. This is what I'm going to say. So you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it does, here's one line in it. Let us embrace the Luciferian impulse (laughs) to eat of the tree of knowledge and dissipate our blissful and comforting delusions of old. That's the only line that might even be like, and that's just the language. Yeah. But it's not bad language. It's just uncommon language. He's saying like, let's be wise. Let's not be deluded. Mm -hmm. You could say that in a Christian way and it would, you wouldn't even blink. It wouldn't be weird to anybody. Because if you said it was Jesus's way instead of whatever. And the very last line in his thing is hail Satan. Yep. He added it in there, but also that's not that different from like praise the Lord or whatever they say at the end of a Christian. The the journalism media outlet block club Chicago did ask city officials for comment and they gave different versions of the same response, which is like, uh, I, I can't comment on pending litigation. But is wh- that stuff true, though? Eh. Like when they say I can't comment on litigation. I mean, Donald Trump talks all the time and That's he's been sued point. for like 30 years straight. I think it's clear and understand now, the law. Check out. Here's what one alderman said. One alderman, uh, Daniel Laspata, mm-hmm. who Fabric said he spoke to about this issue and who is copied on emails that he sent to city officials, oh boy. said he couldn't comment. Oh. But I'm quoting from the article. In an email obtained by Block Club, Laspata wrote to a city official saying the requests were, quote, not at my behest. Basically saying this guy's emailing you and CCing me, but like I didn't tell him to do it. Okay. Okay. But then he said... Once I learned that he wanted to end his convocation, convocation with Hail Satan, it ceased being something I could support. Yep. For all of my desire to be inclusive, that would be a betrayal of my personal faith. Yeah, I don't think he gets which, to make that call for which, the city of Chicago. That's exactly right. Like, that's an, a perfect Your encapsulation. Your I don't care. Right. That's why invocation should not be part of a government yeah, meeting. Right. And it, you can't be for inclusion until it's something you're personally uncomfortable with. hundred um, percent. Now, is that the reason Vavrik was denied the opportunity? We don't know because they won't respond to anything, which is why he has to do this lawsuit. But, uh, you know, it's it's stupid. I hate all The lawsuit's this. good. Of the course reason it's good. they're denying it is that it ex- I hate these kinds of lawsuits because they make us look like assholes 
Do they? No, no. I genuinely believe they do. But we're not, it's it's not because we're wrong. It's because if you write a headline of like. Satanist demands invocation. Exactly. Like, it's very easy to make that look not okay. And I just. But he's filing the right lawsuit here and the law is on his side. It honestly, this feels like the next generation of um, uh, nativity scenes on. like city, right. city we're hall. right on the law, but it doesn't make us look great. Exactly, but and like how else I think are you we kind of came out looking okay on that part, but like, oh god, I don't want to get involved in these lawsuits. They suck, and they make us look like dicks. I like, mean, here's the not, thing, I'm, though. This is me being mad at the religious people, not yeah. mad at the people who are rightfully filing these lawsuits. Correct, and that's the thing. He went through all the proper channels. He didn't want to file a lawsuit. Yeah. It, it's not his choice to do this, mm-hmm. but his hand was forced. Yeah. So good on him. I hope it works. Um, one last story for you here, because um, I was shocked. This happened while I was away, mm-hmm. and I still am mad about this. A couple weeks ago, in Florida, the Hillsborough Board of County Commissioners, oh boy. their board that runs their county, mm-hmm. they basically gave a symbolic Where's award. I don't know. Who cares? Up. Uh, Tampa, maybe? Whatever. They gave a symbolic award, a commendation, to Rodney Howard Brown. Basically, the, the Tampa. thing... Tampa. Tampa Clearwater. They basically said this guy... Here's what it says. For over a quarter of a century, Rodney Howard Brown and his wife, their community outreach and numerous programs have positively impacted Hillsborough County, including humanitarian and Hurricane Ian relief work. Okay. Additionally... The Howard Browns hosted The Stand, 1,000 Nights and Beyond, from Stephen Revival Ministries Taylor? International World Headquarters. Basically, they did this program. Meeting the spiritual needs of uh-huh. their domestic and international communities, a testament of their love to serve all people. The Board of County Commissioners of Hillsborough mm-hmm. County, Florida, does hereby commend yep. these two for their commitment to The Stand, their congregation members, and the community, and wishes them success for many years to come. Okay, so it's an award honoring their work for the community, which is not a weird thing. Counties do that sort of thing. City councils do that sort of thing all the time. All the time. All of that's fine. But who the hell is Rodney Howard Brown to be receiving this? And let me tell you what he has done for this community. Oh, no. He spent the majority of 2020 trying to spread COVID to as many people as possible. Okay, that's how you say it. How does he say it? He held in-person church services Jesus. in the early month of months of the pandemic, oh, God. continued gathering in person that summer with no social distancing, no of mask. Course. He said in August of 2020, August, that anyone who took a potential vaccine would be, quote, dead within a couple of years. Counterpoint, still alive, motherfucker. And then when vaccines became available to everybody... Rodney Howard Brown claimed falsely that the vaccine, quote, actually changes your DNA to remove the God factor out of people. <laughs> what? Which, first of all, the vaccine does not alter your DNA. That's not how they work. Also, DNA there is not doesn't... a God gene yeah. that could be manipulated, nor is a vaccine capable of damaging your faith. That's his job. 
Then he said he wasn't worried about the virus because he has 13 machines in his church that would, quote, basically kill every virus in the place. I fully thought you were going to say 13 machine guns, and I was <laughs> so excited no. about where we were going. But he said, I have machines that cleanse the air like of viruses. Filters? Like filters, and so it's you like believe in the filters you don't believe do in not science. do that. These are the things that confuse me. You say I don't believe in a vaccine, but I, I believe in HIPAA filters. What? Yeah. And by the way, this is Why? the same guy who in 2018 was a guest host on what show? The View. Alex Jones's show. Oh. Alex Jones called Rodney Howard Brown Why? one of my favorite pastors. Oh, and Rodney Howard Brown said that time Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh, needs to be executed. Wait, I'm not done. He also visited the White House to lay hands and pray over Donald Trump. Oh, he's not a those. crime, but he's one of those. Um, oh, and in March of 2020, oh. beginning of the pandemic, yeah. he was actually arrested for, for holding those church services despite a county order to avoid large gatherings during the pandemic. The charges included unlawful assembly, violating quarantine orders during a public health emergency. But a month later, all those charges were dropped because the sheriff, a right-wing sheriff, said, well, he's maintained responsible social distancing on his church campus mm. while engaging with community leaders in a dialogue about the best path forward for his congregation. All of that's a lie. He was not social distancing, and he was not talking about the best path forward. I just looked him up because I was just, just uh -huh. Rodney Howard Brown yeah. brought to mind maybe who was a black guy, and I thought maybe Alex Jones was like, Finally, I have a black guy on my team. No, no, he's this guy white is, as fuck. He is. Rodney um, Howard Brown from South Africa is a. That's a different uh, dude. Evangelicalist and wait, what? I knew, it doesn't matter anyway. Oh, his yeah, pin. He's what also says. Oh, I know. He's Can you a believe that's what hair, he looks like? Hair slicked back, <gasps> all that stuff. He looks like he's wearing a mask. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, where? doesn't it look like he's wearing a mask? Oh, like... Like a mask of his own face. Like a Jim Carrey, the movie The Mask, wearing like a fake smile mask. Yeah. Um, even without the pandemic stuff, thinking. here's what else this guy's done. He claimed the CIA was training ISIS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He claimed okay. Barack Obama was building gas chambers and concentration camps. Oh, where? Doesn't I matter. He's FDR. He's he also, again. He also said, half of Congress performs human sacrifice and drinks blood. That's a quote. Half? Half. And at this point, I want to be clear, Republicans are more than 50% of Congress. So at best, uh -huh. at least a couple of Republicans couple. are drinking blood. <clears throat> yep. Cool. So why was he getting this award? The only thing I can gather is that the, the person who... biggest head? The, the only person, the person who presented this award and I think nominated him to receive it, her name is Donna Cepeda. She's a newly elected commissioner. And if you go on her Facebook page... It says she studied at River Bible Institute, which happens to be a school run by Rodney Howard Brown. What? I think that's their connection. Wow. Um, but anyway, the bottom line is she recommended this dude. She got this guy to receive an award from the county commissioners, all of whom, except for the ones who couldn't be there at the meeting, mm. all of whom signed the paperwork saying like, yeah, good for this guy. We need more people like him No in our notes community. on this gentleman. Like, what are they doing? Did none of you do a Google search? No, they don't care, Hemant. If truly, it seems to me like when you tell people that critical thinking is bad, then all that's left is here, sign this thing that's in front of you. Hashtag trust me. Right? Like, uh, that's... Like, when you train people their whole life to just believe what authority tells you, this is sort of the logical end 
to it. Cepeda, by the way, the county commissioner who nominated him, is also a conspiracy theorist who mm-hmm. spread COVID lies and stuff. So she's I one of them. I love people being in government who are conspiracy theorists who are like, uh, you know how slow the wheels of government she, turn and how much it takes anybody to do fucking anything. Yeah, you're not getting the entire to like government to hold a secret. person and being like, uh, there's a huge conspiracy. They're all unionizing or whatever. It's like, <laughs> dog, you fucking know you can't even get r- Democrats on the same platform. You know they haven't decided to do a full-on fucking coup. She won that election, by the way, last year with uh, 53% of the votes. Wow. She can win. Like, anyone Oops. can win. Yeah. It was close. People need to run. People need to vote. She is beatable, but like that's what happens when you allow conspiracy theorists to get access to any sort of this power. This is why you should be bullying people to I do am. in our podcast. Do, like they already vote, we know they do. Run for office. I know at least one person Run. ran and posts in our uh, Facebook all the time, and yeah. we're very supportive and proud. Yes, you should do it. Well, um, I actually, know, I had money. one more thing well, I wanted to key. say. This is quick. This is quick. Um, we talked before about a a, ten, uh, a Texas bill that would have put the Ten Commandments, King James Version, in every classroom, in every classroom in the uh, every public school in the state. <clears throat> and there was like one Democrat, James Tallarico, who was basically calling out like, "We're all hypocrites here." You know that, right? Like, remember that? What? Oh, <clears throat> we he called out the sponsor of the bill, basically saying like, like. Oh, so if they're lying, because we we have people in our legislature who lie, things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Guess what? That bill, even though Texas is Texas, and even though they have a Republican supermajority, that bill did not pass. That bill will not get signed into law. So why didn't that bill pass? I want to say it's because even Republicans in Texas uh, realized this was a horrible idea. That doesn't seem like it. That's not the case at all. They just, they had so many right-wing crazy bills that they were trying to pass that they ran out of time to get this one over every uh, single hurdle. Sure. Uh, however, they did manage to pass a law that we have talked about that would allow public schools to replace qualified counselors and social workers with unqualified Christian chaplains mm-hmm. who would probably have the right to proselytize. Sure. So that's, we'll talk about that if and when that gets signed. Um, but yeah, so that happened, but... Yay for mini victories, I guess. I mean, listen, let's take what we can get. Uh, Tallarico, the guy who called them out on it at first, said, the midnight bill deadline, uh, he was fighting it. The midnight bill deadline has passed. We stopped the Ten Commandments bill from becoming law. I'm so proud of Texas Democrats for sticking together and stopping this dangerous legislation. And good for him. I appreciate everything he did, and I'm glad he spoke out against it. I don't know that that's the actual reason it didn't get through. Give him that. But more, we need more people like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll stop there. Uh, yeah. What are we talking about in the bonus? Um, so my uh friends who I've talked about a little bit who are Seventh-day Adventists uh, homeschooled. I'm very close to their whole family. They just went down to Pensacola to attend their homeschool graduation Pensacola. ceremony. Mm, that's a conservative area. Mm, and it was a Baptist school. Um, and so I have some stories about that right. that they told me. Um, and I want to be clear, you. like we're on the same page. Like we're all, I'm not gossiping about my friends. Um, I also want to talk about American Girl dolls because they've kind of 
come back to my brain recently. And then if we have time, I'm always wanting to talk about Watergate. All right. And I can tell you about my little trip that I went on. Oh, your trip. Oh, you know what? I, uh, this past weekend, it it was, um, my brother and I drove up to Milwaukee to see my brother, my brother and me. Did you enjoy it? Oh my God. I, I laughed so hard. I cried. It was genuinely some of the most fun I've ever had. It was for my brother's Uh, You can reach us. Uh, if you like oh, yeah. the show, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. You can find me on Twitter mm-hmm. at Hemant Meta. You can find you on Twitter at Jess Blumke. And you can always email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to this Thursday night or Friday, go do your New York Times crossword puzzle. It's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, anyone want a uh, review? May 15th from Vaccinate Yo Kids. Amazeballs, four stars. Hi, Jess. Hope this gets... I hope this title got your attention. I love this podcast, and I've been listening to it for years now. I love Heaven's investigative journalism. I love Justice Commentary. She never fails to say what I'm already thinking. My only critique with love, Heaven, LOL, (laughs) is that I wish... (laughs) What? I wish Hemant would appreciate Jess more for pushing back on him in good faith because she does represent the view of a lot of your followers and she makes me feel like I'm not in an echo chamber when she does. Thank you again for making something I look forward to every week in my red state. Four stars, motherfucker, for the first time. You Stop writing us your own star. reviews. Oh, oh. All right, we'll see you all next week. Bye.